Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Hasara Lay. Hasara is the founder of Cat Explore, a community, movement, and lifestyle brand for people who explore the world with their cats. She's also mum to two rescue cats, Lumos and Noxie, who love going hiking to cafes, wineries, and to the beach with Hasara and her husband. Hasara is also co-host of the Cat Explorer podcast. Each episode, they chat to a cat explorer or a cat expert and learn from them and laugh from them. Hasara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. I just wanted to welcome you. You are from Australia. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I'm in Sydney. I hope it's nice and warm and toasty there because it's uh, January here and it's pretty cold and stormy as always in January. I am located in Vermont, so it's definitely a strong winter time here. I'm absorbing your sunshine virtually through through the Skype call here. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to send some to you. It's getting very hot here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your interest in cats first, and then we'll get into the explorer part. But how did you become a cat person? I suppose um, it started a very long time ago as a child when, well, we actually had our family cat follow us home for about a kilometer. We were out on a walk and she decided that she was going to just be a part of our family and followed us home and walked into our house and made herself home in our family. And I guess I've never looked back. She really cemented herself in our family and made me realize how amazing cats can be. That's great. So it's one cat made this great impression on you. Yes. So she actually lived for about 23 years. So she was in my life for a really, really long time. Wow. That's amazing. So tell me about the Cat Explorer website. How did you think about this idea? Was your 23-year-old cat a Cat Explorer or was that something that has developed over time? Just tell me how that thought process came about in, in developing the idea of Cat Explorer. That family cat, her name was Tabby. I was very creative as a child. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She actually started cat exploring with us, but we didn't really realize that was what was happening. So my father used to travel a lot for work and catteries aren't what they are now. Like they weren't that great. So we used to just take her along and it was really convenient to be able to take her to places and it was something that we really enjoyed. So when my husband and I adopted Lumos and Noxy, we just decided that we wanted to be able to do the same thing with them. But then we started training them and we realized that we couldn't find the tools or the resources on how to do it or where to find things. So as as one does, I went to the wonderful world of Instagram and I found so many people who were doing it because I used to think that I was the only one who did this. And all these people were so willing to help and so willing to share, but I kept losing their advice in Instagram posts. So I initially created Cat Explorer as a bit of a depository for that advice and information that they were giving me. But then as I got to know more people and I got to know more about their cats through Cat Explorer, 
I realized that these people are amazing and their cats are amazing and they have these amazing stories and they're so willing to share their advice. So I transitioned Cat Explorer to become a bit more of a community where people can share their stories and their advice and feel this sense of belonging. And it's amazing because I started Cat Explorer as a personal project for me and it's helped provide this sense of belonging to so many people all around the world. And I'm blown away every day by how amazing those people are. So when you say sense of belonging, I think this is the Community Cats podcast. We deal a lot with rescue, trap new to return, feral cat colonies, that kind of information. We share that a lot. And there's a lot of community building that I'm trying to create from that group of people who are very passionate about, you know, feeding stations. They're people who go crazy about feeding stations and how to take care of feral cats and that kind of thing. Do you feel like you're seeing that kind of passion around different places to travel and how to find accommodations for a cat or how to find a a place to travel that will be accepting of cats. Is that travel group passionate and really needing the resources? What are the types of resources that you share? Yeah, definitely. So a big part of that, I think, is definitely finding places that you can go with your cat because traveling with a cat is different to traveling with a dog. And I'm not going to lie, it's not very common yet. So usually when it says something's pet friendly, it's only dog friendly. So we do spend a lot of time sharing how you can find those cat friendly places or share businesses what traveling with your cat actually means. And a lot of things that we also share is training tips from other cat explorers. So we all have done those mistakes. So we share those mistakes and we share what we've learned from it and we share what's worked for us. But I think another big part that I never realized was important thing for everyone is actually finding that vocabulary to explain why you're a cat explorer. Because like I said, it is a bit new. It is a bit odd. And that's one thing that people have found from our podcast because we share our interactions with people while we're out and about. And that's been something that I've been blown away by how important that's been to everyone. So how do you define a cat explorer? So I say a cat explorer is either the human or the feline that are exploring together. So it's either the cat or the human that are going out and about together. What are some examples of cat exploring? There's so many. So I think (laughs) you could go to one extreme, I suppose, where you're climbing mountains or you're going on a stand-up paddleboard with your cat. But I think also cat exploring in your backyard is fine or in your courtyard or in your balcony. It depends on what your cat's comfortable with. And it also depends on what you're comfortable with and the amount of time that you've got, honestly. There are a couple of things you were talking about. One is you were mentioning the importance of training a cat to be able to be a cat explorer. And the other question that I would have sort of revolving around that is how do we determine if our cats really could be cat explorers? Because not all cats are comfortable being a cat explorer. So some cats just love sitting on the couch. They're not interested in going outside. They're probably not the right candidate to be a cat explorer. But if your cat loves going outside, they're so curious about the world, they tend to get a bit bored inside the house. They're a great candidate. And in terms of the training side of things, I would recommend starting small. So definitely starting with some harness training at home. And then as your cat becomes a bit more comfortable, slowly start expanding those boundaries. So maybe go to a quiet place like a balcony or a hallway in your apartment block or even um, your courtyard or your backyard. And then slowly introduce them to places that have a bit more stimuli like people or dogs or other sounds as they become comfortable. 
Hey, everybody, Stacy here with the Community Cats Podcast. And I just wanted to let everybody know that early bird ticketing is open for our 2020 online cat conference, which will be on January 24th through the 26th. So we will get together on the evening of the 24th with Chelsea White, who has a YouTube show that's perfectly awesome. And then we will be getting together on the 25th and the 26th for two full days of jam-packed information all about community cats and community cat programs. So this is a virtual convention for anyone who'd like to help community cats. Please go to onlinecatconference.com to sign up today. Also, if you'd like to become an affiliate as a fundraiser for your organization, the information is right there on the website, as well as sponsorship opportunities. So I hope you'll check it out. Go to www.onlinecatconference.com and we look forward to seeing you then. Hey everyone, Hooch and I are here today to talk about Dr. Elsie's cat litter. Dr. Elsie's cat litter is known to be the best litter on the market and Hooch agrees. Many of you know that Hooch was a foster cat of mine that I adopted while at the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. We did use the Touch of Outdoors litter as we transitioned him from being an indoor-outdoor kitty to an indoor-only kitty. I'm thrilled that Hooch found his home with me, but there were many times when folks would call me saying their kitty didn't use the litter box. I was also thrilled that Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract litter came out as it gave me a resource to share with others that was affordable and in most cases successful in keeping this kitty in their home. As a special benefit to Community Cats podcast listeners, Dr. Elsie's is offering a rebate up to $20 off your first bag of any Dr. Elsie's litter. Just visit drelsies.com forward slash Community Cats podcast to print your rebate or fill out the online form. Try Dr. Elsie's today and you won't regret it. Let's talk harnesses and then I want to talk about backpacks. I have a cat, Hooch, who's usually pretty vocal, but he's quiet today. And he's a big boy. I have a harness for him. Actually, it's a harness for a small dog. Is that something that you would recommend? Or are there specific harnesses that are designed differently for cats? So one of the biggest learnings I've had is the harness really depends on you and your cat because there are ones that are specifically designed for cats and they're great products and there are ones that are specifically designed for dogs but they also work for cats. So it really does depend on your cat and how comfortable you are with using different types of harnesses. So some of them you have to put their head through it. Some cats don't like that but other cats are perfectly fine with it and they prefer to have that whereas others would prefer one that's like a H string type of harness because it has less contact with their fur as well. Another big thing that I think you need to keep in mind is what kind of cat exploring you'll do because if you're planning on doing water sports, one of those thick harnesses wouldn't be great because if it gets wet, it will hold on to all that water. Or if you're going out exploring in really hot weather, those jacket harnesses would be too hot. So it's just understanding what kind of training you want to do with your cat. I think a lot of cat explorers find that it's also a bit of trial and error as well because you don't really know until you try. Yeah, and you mentioned a really good point too about heat. So heat and water, and I mean, I don't picture cats sitting right down and lapping up a water bowl of water if you're out on a hike on a hot day. So how Mm -hmm. do you worry about dehydration or how do you mitigate it? Yeah, so that's something that we've learned we have to be really tricky with. One of our suggestions is that you hide the water within their food. So add the water into their like the wet food that they're eating or whatever type of food they're eating or make sure that you give them treats that have a bit of hydration in there as well. We do have cats in our community who have actually learned to drink water through a syringe as you would when they were feeding them when they were kittens. But I think that's a minority compared to the ones that you do have to hide that water in there. 
taking that to the next level too, in looking at some of the backpacks that I've seen, you know, on social media and various places, those kind of look a little hot too. How is the ventilation dealt with in backpacks? A lot of the Cat Explorer backpacks actually have mesh windows, which make sure that there's airflow. And the ones that tend to come with the bubble, which we also have two that do that, you can actually change that out to a mesh window for those hot days. So that makes sure that there's a bit more ventilation in there. And I was wondering, do cats just sit in those backpacks? I've never used a backpack for my cat. So do they move around? I mean, how does it feel when it's on your back? It's something that I've gotten used to. I think the first time I was a bit like, oh, what are they doing there? Our cats actually like to stick their paws on, the, so they, they're tethered in or leashed in, but they stick their paws on the side and they like to look out over the top, which generates a lot of frozen stares and doubles takes when we're out and about. Some cats do like to sit in there. We um, One of our cats, when he's a bit tired, he likes to curl up in the bottom. And then we also have some cats who like to sit on the top of the bag as well. There's flexibility. So when you are choosing backpacks, you have a shop on your website and you also have an affiliate program. I would assume through that shop. When you're selecting the items for the shop, how do you go about doing that? So we actually tested so many backpacks to see which ones that our cats would like and also the ones that we found comfy and then that were also functional as well in terms of what people normally use backpacks for. And the main thing that we look for is size. So to make sure that a cat can actually sit in it because we tend to think of them as small, but they are actually quite big. So we want to make sure that they're comfortable in there because if they aren't comfortable in there, they won't want to go into the cat backpack. And then also another side of it is making sure that it's got ventilation in there as well and so that they can breathe. And also one big important thing for us was the tether as well to make sure that if you're in a situation where you need to quickly clip your cat in so that they don't jump somewhere, that makes sure that they're safe as well. Yeah. So I would think about if you're in sort of an urban environment, I'm picturing Central Park in New York City, that's probably a pretty challenging place to have your cat. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are cats that would do fine in that kind of environment as long as they are, as you say, tethered into their backpack in a certain way. I agree. And I think the biggest thing that we've learned is as long as they've got their safe spot. So it's interesting that you mentioned Central Park. It's actually one of the most popular places to go cat exploring in New York. In fact, we actually did a meetup in June last year where we had, I think there was about seven or eight cats that met up at um, one of the main fountains at Central Park, which was really cool. And all those cats came with their safe spot. So that's either their backpack or their stroller. So that when they felt a bit overwhelmed, they could jump into that safe spot and have a bit of a time out. With that being said, flying with your cats, traveling in the car, is that an area that you cover also? How to fly with cats? What airlines are the best? I had the privilege back in August driving my daughter and her cat Maggie from Vermont to Chicago, which involved just one overnight. And Maggie was known to be a high stress cat. She was moving to Chicago. So we took this two day trip. Maggie was wonderful the whole time, but she hardly ate and I don't think she drank much either. Do you cover those kinds of components too? Yes, definitely. So traveling in the car is a big part of cat exploring because typically if you're going to a space that's cat friendly, you do need to go in the car. So that's definitely something that we cover. And we do cover traveling in planes as well. The challenge with traveling in planes is that we find requirements change quite often. For example, you could have flown with a certain airline to a certain place last year, but then this year the requirements will be different. So that's something that we always recommend that people look up before they get to the airport just to make sure that they've got everything on control. 
And it, you bring in the cats in a soft carrier on the plane so that you can always have them under the seat in front of you on the flight, obviously. Not in a bin or not checked. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Everybody has to be an advocate for their cat and for their pets when they're on the plane. So if you think something seems amiss, just don't do it because you have to be very careful. Obviously, they're your pets. Yes, exactly. One other thing, too, many folks in our community have adopted semi-feral cats, and they can be very skittish, very shy. And I would get the sense that those are not great candidates for explorer cats. Usually they're pretty comfortable staying in the house. I get the sense they've had enough of it out there. They're happy to hunker down in a quiet space in the house. They'd only interest in going outside if some other cats in the house were going outside, that kind of thing. But I would be very nervous having a semi-feral cat on a leash outside. Yes. What about uh, clicker training? Yes, clicker training's actually been quite a game changer in our household. So we're firm believers in it. I think a lot of what clicker training is great for is also providing that enrichment at home when you can't get out and about because I would love to take my cats on a walk every single day, but it's not always possible. On those days that we can't do that, we'd use clicker training. And we've also got quite a few cat explorers who now do agility with clicker training while they're out and about, which is really cool to see. Hmm. I really think that clicker training is going to be growing in popularity for cats more and more. I mean, I see references to it so often. And in February, we're going to be having a behavior day on the Community Cats podcast, a webinar all day on behavior. And clicker training will be one of the components that'll be on February 8th. So folks can take a look for that on our website and they can sign up for the behavior day for February 8th. While I'm talking about online education, we also have a couple weeks left before our online cat conference comes up. So I hope folks tune in to that. Sign up at the communitycatspodcast.com and it's a three-day virtual online conference with about 12 different speakers and it's going to be a lot of fun. Anybody, anywhere can sign up for the conference. All of the presentations are recorded. So if you are in Australia and you don't want to tune in in the middle of the night, you still can have all of the presentations recorded and have access to that as well as to a private Facebook group that goes on all year long. So we really want it to be a global community and have global folks tuning in. We can all learn together. Getting back to Cat Explorers. Now you have a podcast. Mm -hmm. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So we have the Cat Explorer podcast. So each episode we chat to either a cat explorer or a cat expert and pretty much learn from them and hear their stories. We hear the great bits about cat exploring from them and also the challenges as well. And we also laugh with them as well because there's always (laughs) those funny moments. Like the first time I put on Hooch's harness and the first thing he did was just sort of flop over on his side. I think that's the tip typical reaction from a cat. (laughs) He's like, what is on this? And I want to get this off. (laughs) So they just want to roll around. But yeah, he's been outside on his leash a little bit every now and again. I sometimes feel it. As you say, they want to go out almost every day. And so sometimes they end up sitting at the door wanting to be walked. Mm. And that can be a challenge to say, yeah, not today, but maybe tomorrow, you know, but cat stimulation is very important. What are some of the things that you have seen and heard about with cats that maybe didn't have access to the outdoors. So what are some of the things that you see 
for people who have cats in apartments and maybe don't provide much stimulation? What are the things that we see that happen? I think a lot of it is that stereotypical destructive behavior. So the scratching of your furniture, the angriness, aggressiveness towards humans as well and to each other as well. I think because that's mainly because they're bored and they don't have that stimulation. And we now live in a world where we can provide them with that stimulation. We understand a bit more about it. So cat exploring is one way. Clicker training is another way. And then also doing things like having those shelves and climbing spaces for them as well. So there's lots of different ways that we can enrich their lives now. Do you want to share a little bit with us the special page that you've created for our listeners today? Yeah. One of the big things that we try to do with Cat Explorer is that we like to support our rescues around the world as well as do whatever we can to help you guys out as well. So what we've done is we've created a special page for the listeners of the Community Cats podcast at catexplorer.co forward slash community cats. And we'd love to hear all the amazing work that you're doing and seeing how we can help you as well. And we're also working on setting up an affiliate program for rescues and programs like that. So feel free to reach out to us via a form that's on that page and we will get back to you. That's great. Thank you so much for setting that up. Really appreciate that. So hopefully folks will check that out. I would encourage you to do so. Do you know the address for your Instagram? Because I think it's a beautiful page. So the photos are just awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, so our Instagram is at catexplorer.community. And we're also on Facebook at catexplorer. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I'd just like to say thank you so much for having me on. And I think what you guys are doing is absolutely amazing and it's quite inspiring as well. One thing that we do find from our community is that we all want to help, but sometimes we all feel too small that we can't do much to make a big difference. But I think if each of us do a little bit, we can make a huge change in the world together. And it's great that you're showing that cats are capable of more than we give them credit for. Well, Hasara, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Wonderful to meet you virtually. I think that it's just great hearing about all the work everybody's doing all around the world, helping cats, participating in cats' lives, just making all of our cats' lives better. So thank you again for being part of the show. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 